This is 91.7 The Edge, WSUW, and I'm your host, Kenny G, and I'm back after a nice break, and it was an interesting winter break. I was kind of here, most of it, even though I got to go home for the uh, Christmas and New Year's, and we got a guest in the studio, which is always fun, Mr. Connor Moore. That's your last name, right, Connor Moore? I would really (laughs) hope. (laughs) That's your last name. Unless my life has been a lie. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> Connor Moore, Chicago, Chicago's own Connor Moore, you know, Thank representing. You. I, I, pre- I appreciate you throwing <laughs> that is, out. <laughs> this is a very Chicago led <laughs> studio right now. Oh. We are taking over Wisconsin oh. slowly but surely, <laughs> and we will we convert have. everyone to Bears fans. <laughs> Boom. I said it. I said it. Yeah, and at that moment, we're going to walk out the studio. Exactly. There's be a bunch of <laughs> yellow and green ready to chase us out of not only uh, this building, but out of Whitewater entirely. So I've, I've never met a fan. Uh, Fan base as fanatic as the Green Bay Packers fan base. This I, is. I would argue the next one's probably Dallas, but they don't really have a reason to be. <laughs> and then New England, because they have every reason to be, but they take it up like like they take it too far. Yeah. I think um, it way too far. <laughs> I, I was telling someone about the fan base here, and at first I didn't really get it. I was just like, okay, I understand being a, a fanatic, but people that don't even follow football wear the jerseys on the day of the – of the game, but what I I know that it's a publicly owned team. But right. I think what what finally clicked with me was because they do they need like funding. They do fund drives. I think that they sell themselves to the audience as if you're invested. When in actuality, the the uh, fans don't really make any decisions, but they sell it so hard right. that you feel so invested in the team. And then now that they're winning and they've been winning for years, right. that it. The fan base has just been growing strong ever since you know they they came up with the Packers and started winning. So now I get it. But it's I mean, it's just I mean, and plus it's just even the ones who don't really like follow it. Mm-hmm. Like I guarantee you, like even now and even when uh, like the Packers of like ten years ago, you know, like they could not follow football. And then you mention name like Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers or Donald Driver or something like that, and they're just like, yeah, him because yeah. like you're. I feel like if you if somebody were to live in the stage, it's kind of like synonymous with it. Whereas like back, where it's kind of like back at home for us, it's kind of just like nowadays. You mention, you know, there isn't really a big athlete that you could talk that you mention of that you can mention, and then everyone would be like, oh yeah, like them. I guess the closest thing would be like the Blackhawks. If you talk about like okay. Patrick Kane or Jonathan yeah. Taser, like oh yeah, Blackhawks, like we're winning, we're we're always winning. So Correct. I mean, that's what I guess that's what winning does, you know. Like somebody cannot follow it, but you say that one name, they know. Then then they automatically it registers like, oh, like Aaron Rodgers, quarterback, Packers, Packers, winning. So, <laughs> so background for Connor, he's um, sophomore here at Whitewater, but he's super involved. He's in communications. He's in broadcast. He's doing radio, TV. He was doing print. So pretty much anything he can dominate, that's his goal is to take, to take over. Any he's he's going to do. He's the opposite of what we're going to talk about, which is the Oscars so white. So he's trying to dominate every media outlet he can, as an more or less <laughs> as a more or less an African American man. You know, you got some Belizean thrown in there, but more or less as an African American man. Um, but anyway, we have still music on the way. We got uh, Lecrae, Flame, and I'm even throwing some Common. So. Don't uh, move away from that. So that's coming up. But first, here's why you need to stay woke. According to an article on TVNewsCheck.com, 
Racial minorities own 41 of the U.S. 1,386 full-power commercial TV stations in 2013, but only nine of those stations were owned by African Americans during 2013. So that's 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 really why we're bringing this up. Um, you probably heard by now, unless you're really really busy or you just live under a rock, under the sea with SpongeBob, that um, there's a hashtag that got started called White Oscars because for the second year in a row. Um, Minorities were shut out from being uh, nominated they at were, the Oscars. I think this hashtag was around um, last year's Oscars too, too. But, but I mean, it's just that this year's kind of just like it's a little bit more because really because and, of Twitter. You really because of Twitter. Yeah, I mean, Twitter started up last year, but it's becoming more definitely more prominent this year because I mean, it's the second year in a row, and in that year, there's been a lot of movies, you know, with like prominent black actors or like have like based on like things with like black actors obviously like the big one in, in, that comes to mind is Straight Outta Compton right. and that movie basically destroyed the box office right. and then the next biggest one is Creed because right. Michael B. Jordan like and everyone and the thing is it's like everyone's just kind of like oh no it's a ro- it's a rocky spinoff like this better be perfect right. and everyone's kind of just like alright they threw Sylvester Stallone in it but still can Michael B. Jordan play the, like play this role and Creed killed the box office, and Michael B. Jordan got so much critically acclaimed, but the only one that got nominated out of that movie was Sylvester was, Stallone. And I think the... Well, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, you're right. I was thinking of uh, Straight Outta Compton. Yeah, the, Straight Outta Compton. The white screenwriter. Right. The writer I think it was like was the two nominated. white screenwriters were nominated. Yeah. But, like, nobody, none of the actors, and not even the director, like, F... F. Gary Gary, yeah. I think like that. Who, Gary who, Gray, yeah. who is a Who is a black man was not nominated, but the screenwriters of said movie was... Which is kind of, yeah. I don't know. I think the most ironic thing, well, there's a lot of ironic things, but I think the most ironic thing about the whole Oscar controversy is the current president, Cheryl Boone Isaacs, is the first African-American and the third woman to lead the Academy. So here it is, you have the Academy being led, which is which which is perfect because when people want to say, when uh, Barack was first elected, they, they started this whole post-racial discussion, and it was like, that doesn't exist, but, you know, Everyone wants to have a discussion about everything. And this Cheryl Boone Isaacs, the first African-American to lead the academy, is perfect because it just goes to show you that you can promote a minority into a high position. That doesn't mean that it trickles down to every category exactly. that you have in in that field. It just doesn't. It just means you promoted one minority <laughs> to the top mm-hmm. of a high position. Congratulations. But what has changed? You know, what are it's, the actions? It's kind of just like they're trying to fill that social quota, you know. Like, it's like, well, I mean. Or even if it's not that, like, she she's probably, I'm sure, um, very qualified exactly, to, like, to, 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 to lead the academy. But the thing is, if... All of her directors and people under, and I think uh, the people in the academy that vote for these motion pictures are majority white and majority male. I, I think in the class that I was just had that had yet uh, yesterday that I was telling you about the ethnic politics, I believe that ninety nine, like obviously, like the president is is African American, but I think ninety nine of the actual voters are white. And then I think my professor said that there's only that they're that the one percent is like this. I think one Hispanic uh, person, mm-hmm. but outside of that. It's it's like it's pretty it's pretty much whitewashed. Okay, um, so before I got some things that I that I wrote down, and um, I like to use melanated for people that don't know instead of using black or white, black or like Latino. I use melanated. Right. If you don't know what melan- melanin is, 
Look it up. It's great to find out. Um, and so the Oscars is going to be, this is going to be the 88th Oscars coming okay. up February 28th. The 88th Oscars, okay? Okay. So within that 88th Oscars, there have only been three black directors nominated. And I'm kind of restricting this to black directors. Um, I believe uh, the guy who was Hispanic won last year for the movie is blanking on me. Uh, feel, feel free to drop it on my Facebook at facebook.com backslash blackradio11 or Twitter at servingchrist11. But So I'm just kind of restricting this to black directors because it just sticks out. Only three have been nominated. They were John Singleton, Spike Lee, and Steve McQueen. None of them have won. Out of, out of 88 years, <laughs> no black director has won. What move? What Spike Lee movie was it? Spike Lee, it was... Oh, and then I knew... Was it... No, it wasn't like do the right thing. Of course, he wouldn't have been nominated for that one. Was it was it Jesus Shuttlesworth? No. Oh no, no, that, that's the actor. He got game was the name of the movie. But let's see, Spike Lee nomination. No, that goes. I don't know. Huh. We're gonna find it. All and right. then, and then, um, let's see. What else stood out? And then out of the 10 black women that were nominated for Best Actress, only one has won, and that's Holly Berry. So you have 10 people in, in the 88, 88 years, and then you only give one. And then, of course, people like to point out that she had to play this sexually aggressive mm-hmm. person or whatever to win that Oscar. And then, But if you look at the numbers for supporting actor and supporting actresses, our numbers go way up. You might have like fourteen people that are nominated, or and you might have like four winners. I know you had Hattie McDaniel was the first person, first African American to win, I believe, an Oscar. She was for supporting actress, and then you had Monique. You had, I believe, did not, I don't think Taraji won. But if you look at those kind of lesser roles, right. <laughs> they, you know, there's no problem with uh, re- recognizing our work and recognizing the importance that we play in in film, and. I personally, and then a lot of people, uh, one you missed earlier was um, concussion. People were pissed. That's, that's right. Well, people Smith, were pissed about yeah, concussion. Concussion was a great one. Um, I haven't seen it, but I've heard way, I've heard so many good things about that one. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. I want to see that in Creed. Um, and so, and then like last year, people were pissed that Ava DuVernay didn't get director mm-hmm. for um, Selma. And which, I mean, made... I, I thought it was I thought it was pretty good, especially the way she you can tell and it was her first time, but you can tell she she took her time and she knew what mm-hmm. she was doing as far as just the the way in which she set the story up. Because especially if it's something with that much significance, like there's there's kind of a line you have to tread with that one because obviously because you don't want to make it like something where it's just like pro one movement, but you also have to be like kind of like in a way like social cognizant because you're like, hey, like this is. Like, this is a movie to, like, enlighten everyone, not just one select group of people. And she did a phenomenal job with that movie. And to kind of like just uh, just bring it back to the whole Will Smith thing, he's another one who I've, I don't even believe he's ever been nominated. Right. I, I, don't, I, I know he's, for a fact, has not won one. Right. But I can't remember if he's ever been nominated. And he has been around for a long time. Been and he's a, done great movies. Amazing. Uh, I am, like, I can go, like, I am legend. I robot Ali is comes to uh, mind. Ali Independence Day. Uh, I guess maybe the first the first few Men in Black movies. He's been in. He's played some significant roles in a lot of movies, and he's playing a and he's playing a role in a 
he's going to be in a movie this su- this summer oh, yeah, on Suicide, Suicide Squad, Squad playing yeah. Deadshot. And you know, and every and everybody's since the beginning of like comic book time has been waiting for a Suicide Squad movie, and he's playing one of the more he's playing one of the more prolific villains in the DC universe. So, I mean, he's Will Smith has been playing some amazing roles, and I have a he hasn't gotten anything to show for it as far as like the Academy at least. <laughs> um, I'm going to touch on Will Smith, but uh, for back to that Spike Lee, it looks like it was uh, he got nominated. For well, this what is this Academy Oscar? I don't know. It looks like he got nominated for "Do the Right Thing." Okay, I feel like that's what this is saying, but I could be wrong. Um, but and then with the fact with Will Smith, a lot of one of the the original and Viv that played on the Fresh Prince of Bel Air had a response to him and his wife saying for other actresses and actors to boycott the Oscars, which um, they didn't. Jada Pinkett Smith didn't necessarily ask others to boycott the Oscars. I believe she just said that she was boycotting the Oscars, but I don't know. Maybe Janet Huber is, a, is the actress. Maybe she implied that. But if you haven't seen her video that she posted on Facebook, um, basically uh, accusing Will Smith of not staying together with, with black people, she said that she went to him and asked him to stand in solidarity with her and other actors so they could demand more for their salary. And his response was, your salary is your salary. My salary is my salary. And so she has this this scathing message to him. And, and she actually called his, his concussion performance not worthy of an Oscar. And so, you know, you have to give both sides of the story just because we think that <laughs> the uh, movie should be Oscar nominated. You know, some people that have been doing this a while know what to look for. But and also in a way like there's been like the whole reason why there was never really a big massive uh, fresh Prince reunion over the past few years is is because like it's been well documented that there was kind of just like issues with one another whether it be Will and uh who and and Aunt Viv or something or going or even with Will and his conflict schedules and then James and then James Avery, and then James Avery not so much like falling out like falling out of the spotlight but he was kind of just like you know, like, didn't really want to, like, do much of anything. He kind of just wanted to, like, lay back and just relax and everything. And now, all of a sudden, he has since passed. But there was always that kind of, like, infighting and, like, turmoil regarding, like, oh, hey, there's going to be a Fresh Prince reunion. But these two have an issue. And it was always the same. And that was the always same thing. That was really the only thing that uh, came up. So I think, in a way, I don't want to say she's biased, but, I mean, it's Oh, not, yeah. Oh, no, she's definitely biased. Uh, no, she definitely has a... a, a um, a, a grudge that she's right. been holding so for 20 I mean, Oh, that's that's so very I mean, evident. So I mean, it's just. So I mean, a lot of people want to be. Uh, so I mean, if we're gonna talk about like how like some people don't want to like, who's been in the game for a while who don't want to recognize it. Oh, but yeah. At the same time, we also realize she's had bad blood with oh, yeah. Will for for, sure. for, for, for for whatever sure. she's reason. Never, she's not years. coming um, looking at it from all sides. No, right. Like, she definitely has her. She's already kind of like minded, and then it just so happened that Jada Pinkett said something, and, and that was just kind of her green, like saying, "Whoa, now." Right. I was like, "You sit down." I'm not done with you or your husband. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh no. For real. No, that's just how it was. She right. called her Miss Thing and everything. Right. Um, but I would definitely encourage everybody to just go and look at the video, if if anything, for a good chuckle. Um, but here at Stay Woke, I don't. I brought up the Oscar so white thing because there's always a deeper message when anything blows up in the media that people seem to forget and they want to just talk about boycott the Oscars or talk about what's trending with the Oscars. Right. But for me, I always tend to look a little deeper 
And I believe the media and especially like the Motion Picture Academy, they have they have a very clear message, I believe, that they're trying to sell. And that's that they want to tell stories from their point of view, whether it be a white point of view or a male point of view. Like they want to tell the story in the way that they view it. And what I mean by this, if you look at some of the movies and some of like even TV shows about the Bible or Egypt, who are the actors? As of just recently, it was kind of controversial. 2014, there was a movie titled Exodus, Gods and Kings. And you know who? It was, and it's based on princes from Egypt. And you know who starred in it? Christian Bale and some white guy named Joel Edgerton. Those were the, the, those were the Egyptian actors. And I looked it up just to do my research. And the director, I think he was trying to say, you know, I was just looking for, you know, someone good and, and, you know, a lot of times they'll talk about um, just being having a, a rapport with different actors. So that's why they choose them. But but look deeper. They're telling a story, a historical st- story. And then they're telling a they're they're telling a movie or a story or a narrative about a certain area. And you know what type of people inhabit that area. So it's kind of a slap in the face. When you do that, and then even if you go back years and years, you know, this is not recent, years and years, Yul Brenner famously played the Ten Commandments. My mother watches the Ten Commandments every year. I used to watch it every year. But Yul Brenner, white guy, I think he's like Russian, is playing an Egyptian in, in the Ten Commandments. And so you have to wonder what's the message that they're trying to tell you. I mean, if you have little young kids coming up and they're watching the Ten Commandments or they're watching Exodus and Gods and Kings and they see Christian Bell Batman playing an egyptian what what are they gonna think oh that's how egyptians look see and this and the thing is it's like it's not for me in the case of that it's like they could have gone several different ways and not even so much like black actors they could have gone like actors who kind of have that uh this descent who an ethnic look kind of like an ethnic look like a couple people that pop into mind the first thing that popped into mind is uh i just had to look up his name Uh, his name is avon jogia or something like that i believe that's how you pronounce his last name he actually played i think yeah, I think he played King Tut in one in, in the uh, History Channel series. Oh, nice! He would have been a good fit. A lot of people who are who aren't familiar with him, he pretty. I'm sure he was big beforehand, but he really got his name because he played he played uh, Beck Oliver in the Nickelodeon show Victorious, mm-hmm. and he was kind of like the heartthrob of the show. Yeah. And another name that pops into mind is Rami Malek. Okay. Uh, he he was on he played roles in the Twilight series. He was in uh, Night at the Museum, and he's now most famously known for being on the on the USA Network show uh, Mr. Robot, which is one, a really good show, one of nice. my personal favorite shows right now. Oh yeah, that's a popular show. Yeah. It's a re- it's a really good show, and that's like that was essentially like his you know his quote unquote big break, even though he's been in bigger movies. And so those two kind of have that that like eth- that ethnic look. They don't. Like they don't like you look at them and you know that they're not like straight like they're yeah. not straight up white you know there's something else to them mm-hmm. if it wasn't already obvious by the name like right. Avon Jogia Rami Malek yeah so I mean they could have gone different options but you go with the guy you go with the actor who granted this is not taking anything away from Christian Bale like obviously I'm a wee bit biased because of because of how he performed uh, Bruce Wayne in the Batman trilogies but. He's an actor who's who's his uh, traditionally always got, like pushed his body to limits and mm-hmm. everything, either looking bone thin or mm-hmm. looking like the Incredible Hulk in some movies, and and all and all of that. But at the same time, it's kind of just like you have actors out there who this isn't necessarily screaming like go get the next black actor who can fit this role. You have like several different actors who 
may not be black, but you have actors who can fit this role perfectly given the time period and given the setting on where it is. Right. But you completely balk at it. So it's right. kind of just like where it, like where it doesn't become an issue of like being narrow si- like narrow sighted like I want this right. when and you have every other option. And I'm sure I'm sure if if I was to you know, if this if this radio broadcast was going over, you know, in Milwaukee and people were listening, I'm sure somebody would call in and say, Christian Bale would sell the movie. People know Christian Bale. You can't just start a movie off with an unknown actor or someone who's only been in certain movies. And, you know, you, you have to you're in the business of making money. And Christian Bale is going to everybody knows him from Batman. Everybody knows him from pushing his body to the limits right. and, and playing different roles. American you know, they, Psycho. You know, and yeah, they. People recognize Christian Bale. They're going to see that movie sometimes just based on Christian, Christian Bale. Bale. Yeah, you know, and that's fine. But <laughs> exactly, like I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a, I won't even lie. Like there are some movies where I didn't really know much about the movie, but so, some actor that I knew or one of my favorite actors was in, and I was just like, I'm going to go see it. Right. Like it's kind of like me and Robert Downey Jr. or Will Smith. Like anytime I see those two in a movie, it's like I might go check it out because right. A and B are in this movie. The 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 only thing I would say in for a comeback to that would be, does every movie have to have somebody that's, no. that's, that looks like? I mean, just as recently, coming out in 2016 is another movie about Egypt starring a white man. <laughs> and I can't recall what it is, but I just saw the trailer and I was like, not again. Do you know who the actor is? Ah, I don't. And I was just, I just, I literally just saw it as I was preparing for this. And I was like, wow. And it, 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 it just goes back to my point of what type of story that they're intending to to tell. And to further look at it, if you look at the flip side, when a black actor tried to was cast in the role of a like fictional superhero from a comic book that was originally white, people lost their mind. I'm talking about Michael B. Jordan when he was cast as Johnny Storm. They lost their mind. They did yep. not want their favorite story to be told by a black man. That was not how it was written in the comic book, and you will not put him... And I don't know if, if some of it had to do with there was there was already an, uh, a Fantastic Four right. that had a traditional white actor, and that's why they lost their but mind. those movies were so, or A, like uh, older ones, mm-hmm. they were the better ones, obviously, because this yeah. Fantastic Four movie kind of fell flat. I yeah. think it was and more I haven't special. seen it, so I can't even. It's more of a, it's more of a, in, in my opinion, it was, they tried to get, get, uh, they tried to sell out on like the crazy special effects compared to uh, the previous two, but this okay. one was meh. But, but the funny thing is, it's just like, Imagine Michael B. Jordan playing uh, Johnny Storm, obviously, the Human Torch, Fantastic Four, comic book, white guy. But, I mean, at the same time, you would think they would have given him a chance at least because, uh, perfect example, Nick Fury. I did not know this until my dad told me. I was always under the impression that Nick Fury traditionally was a black guy because that's, that's how he's portrayed in every single video game. Because of the movies, because Samuel L. Jackson plays Nick Fury mm-hmm. in the Aven- in the Avengers, and anything that involves Shield with Nick that says Nick Fury, in comes uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Nick Fury was a white dude in the comics, <laughs> according to my dad, okay. and he said he read all the comics and everything. Nick Fury was a white dude, and and everyone was, and I don't remember this there being that much backlash when Avengers came out, and you would think it would be bigger because the Avengers are, are a lot bigger yeah. than the Fantastic Four ever have and probably will be. And then it's probably because <clears throat> it's Samuel Jackson as well. Prob- ex- exactly, he, like he's he's, he's, one he's of the crossed more, over exactly different categories. That's that's also very true. Mm-hmm. Whereas Michael B. Jordan is kind of just like you don't know what you're going to get from him. And then the other thing that I thought that I thought of when it came to, came to that was just like the main man of Marvel Comics, uh, uh, 
not Spike Lee, uh, Stan Lee, excuse, excuse me, Stan Lee, old, uh, 80-something-year-old uh, white dude, came out and said, you know what? I like it. Like, if he can play Human Torch, he's going to be Human Torch. Mm-hmm. When the guy who essentially is the mastermind behind the comic books says, yeah, let's do it, right. why, why are you being so mad? This is also the same guy who put a black Spider-Man in the comics. Nice. And the Hispanic Spider-Man in the comics, nice. and the and the girl as Spider-Man. Wow! In the comics, look at him breaking down all barriers. And this was years ago, so it's kind of just like, like we're reaching a point. Like it comes to no surprise now. Like as far as Spider-Man, everyone everyone wanted a, a Donald Glover, Childish Gambino to play to play Spider-Man because mm-hmm. they're like, you know, it's about time we had a black Spider-Man. Right. Like we changed we changed Thor to a chick in the comics. Well, it's time it's time to make. Uh, black dude Spider-Man in the movies, but they're going for like a younger Spider-Man now. They stayed with the white. They stayed with a, a young, uh, I think, 16, 17, 18 year old. And and we're kind of we're kind of comparing apples and oranges here because when you when, when we're talking about Egypt and you, you're sending a white actor to play somebody Egyptian, that's that's like factual. That's that's things you can prove. That's history. You're messing with history. Comic book, you know, that's you make that up. You, you make can, it. You can yeah. You, you can, know, it's subject to be toyed with. Right. Like you you, you don't. I mean, how many? I mean, how many? It's even with some movies based on regular novels. You don't necessarily see them always stick to what it says in the book, right? But you can't just rewrite history and tell us that Egyptians. Oh, I'm mean, even in. I was learning as I was. I was in the class last semester, and I had to do a project. And I even I did not know after viewing um, Black in America by Soledad O'Brien for CNN. I did not know that. In um, here in America, in the USA, we consider Northern African to be white. You are if you if you're in Egypt, if any any of those countries in the Northern Africa, you are you can check white on your box, and that to me was was very interesting. Kind of doesn't make sense. I would have to look into the history of what they probably don't even have a real good reason on why they chose that. But I would love to know <laughs> what the given reason was as to why why they did that. Um, just really quick, we're going to take a break, but also with all this Oscars so white, they had Stacey Dash, former black, no, I'm just kidding, but <laughs> Stacey Dash, um, who played in Clueless, if you've ever seen Clueless, um, and she played in the All Falls Down Kanye West music video, if you've ever seen that. Yep. And she was talking about, you need to get rid of BET and Black History Month if we want integration and we don't want to be segregated anymore. You need to get rid of all that stuff. I had a very strong opinion of that when texting my parent, when texting my family of that in our family group message. But I okay. think I'll just keep it to myself. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna keep it to myself <laughs> for right now. But I had a very strong opinion about and, that. <laughs> and to me, and then everybody started discussing. It, and then, of course, she really didn't know what she was talking about because she was saying, you know, get rid of these award shows because you only you only qualify if you're black, and that was totally wrong. People have gotten image awards that were white. I mean, I just remember last year they gave Sam Smith a BET award, and he wasn't even there. And so, my thing with that was, do not let Stacey Dash distract you, because we all need to stay woke. And when we come back, we're going to further ex- just examine the media and who co- who controls the programming, and that's what we need to be looking at: who controls the program programming. And why certain decisions have been made. But as I promised you, we're talking about the Oscars. So you know what? I want to play Common, Future, and John Legend, Glory. I love this song. You're on 91.7. You're listening to Stay Woke with Kenny G. 
And we got our special guest in the studio, Connor Moore. And we're discussing the Oscars so white and what's the real controversy because everyone thinks the controversy is that um, racial minorities have been shut out for the past two years. But I want to argue that that's really, it really goes deeper than that. And I think this topic is actually apropos to us today, meaning me, Kenny G, and Connor because we are communication or broadcast um, majors. That's the field that we want to go in. The media, more, more or less. The media, more or less, right. And my, when I look at this topic of the Oscar So White, I think about who really controls the program here. So the network BET, Black Entertainment Television, which I just had a conversation with a friend who d- who said he did not know that BET still wasn't like an acronym. He thought it was just, oh, that's the Bet Channel. <laughs> He didn't know until, like, high school, but that's, that's fine. True. That's fine. So for anyone that doesn't know, BT Black Entertainment Television. There you go. Boom. I just opened some minds right there. Well, they were owned by Bob Johnson, I believe his name is, but they were he was bought out by Viacom, which also owns CBS, MTV, and Nickelodeon. And in an article by ABC News, when Viacom first bought BT, they wrote that the acquisition caused worries because the black executives who have agreed to stay on and continue running the business will no longer have absolute control. And then that article went on to quote the Washington-based National Association of Black-Owned Broadcasters, James Winston, and he said, there will not be African-American ownership at the very top, and I think that makes a difference. And these quotes in this article is really important because... Now, here you have, we were supposed to have a channel that was dedicated to a niche audience, being the, the black audience, and they were supposed to highlight melanated actors, and we were supposed to be in control of our narratives, right? And now, they're being bought out, well, they were bought out by Viacom, and then, as you can see in the article, the black executives aren't in absolute control. They're there, yeah, good job, they're still there, they're, they're you know, we, it, uh, it's not going to probably really change that much of the landscape, but... BT took a dive. They were a very popular show, which is why they, a network, which is why they were bought out. And 106 and Park was extremely important to the culture, hip-hop culture. Um, people, people, especially back in the day when videos were important, people would set the time that they, were, that they knew a video was coming out to go watch it yep. and sit in front of the TV. And now you have it where BT, 106 and Park is gone. Right. That, that took a nosedive. That's gone. And then you have these um, reality shows that didn't show us in the best of light. And so now our narrative looks crazy. Now all you see, you turn to the BET channel, you think we're just a bunch of hooligans trying to come up on a quick buck on a reality show. You don't see the creativeness, creative um, part of us as far as 106 Park or um, in the basement when they had the rap battles. And so, you know, show, mm-hmm. show, show a different side. And it's just kind of scary that that's the narrative that's been put out there. And so you have to look at, well, what's being, why is this kind of like happening? Like, <clears throat> the best way I can describe, <clears throat> wow, I can't talk today. The best way I can describe, uh, you mentioned 106 Park. I can't remember the name of the show on MTV. Uh, the music, it was kind of similar to 106 Park. I can't remember the name of it. And it was a very popular show. And I, it was like total... It wasn't TLC. That's the name. You said it was on BET? No. Oh, it wasn't? It, it, it was on MTV. It was like, I can't remember the name of the show at all right now. And the computer. I think I know what you're talking like, about. It's like TL, 
I think you I know, know what? I'm about, a computer's right in front of me. I'm about to M- MTV TL. Was it TRL? Yeah, 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 yeah. TRL, yeah, yeah. Wait, hosted by uh, Carson Daly. Yeah, like that. Like, oh, my, my wh- friend, Mr. Lee, said uh, T- TRL. He T- was like yelling. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Like I, can't, it slipped my mind. That's how. That's how. Total request live. Total said. request that's live. Is. That's how. That's how long it's been. One Hundred Six and Park was was around a lot longer than. Uh, yeah, I didn't realize BT had been in existence since uh, oof, the eighties, I believe. It's, it's been around. It's, it's been around for a while. Like, I, but I would argue and say that One Hundred Six and Park was kind of like the average. African Americans TRL like obviously oh, we yeah. still watch TRL. I yeah, yeah, I we, watched we watched TRL. Both, yeah. Like it was it was the same thing, but I mean, if you ask me who I watched on uh, uh 106 and Park, I can tell you right now uh Ter- uh Terrence and Rock was it? I think yeah. it was Rocky. Roxy? Yeah. yeah, Roxy. And then both of them took off uh for one went to Entertainment News and one went to went to the E channel. Yeah. And I mean and then obviously they tried to throw in Bow Wow and then they and then yeah, they flirted with yeah. a whole bunch of different other guests and it never really stuck, so I don't know if it was a ratings thing. But I mean you mentioned it like it conveniently after B T got bought out, the content started to change. Yeah. And you know, like yeah, like M T V would still not M T V uh B E T would still have some of the same things that the B T now had. Mm-hmm. But you know, but at the same time, they were like kind of like counter, like counteractive yeah. with things. It was like, okay, here's one side of what you think we are. Here's what we want to be portrayed as, or what you guys aren't seeing. Right. And now you see shows like The Real Husbands of Hollywood, or The Real The Real Husbands of Hollywood, funny show. Uh, but still, it's just like weird. And then other things come on, and then of course you have the you have the BET Awards, and then the occasional like. Massive marathons of Martin and things like that, right. and, the, and they have and good. The they still have good things like being Mary Jane. Being Mary Jane right. is actually the most <sighs> culturally relevant show, and and Mary Jane plays a uh, broadcaster, and she says things that you wish your average uh, news broadcaster would say. Would say you right. wish that this was like an actual uh, real life broadcast, but so they have that. But right. that's one out of like thirty. Exactly, like. So many shows back then on BT, they were culturally like relevant. Black pe- people don't even watch BT anymore because they they think it's just a bunch of foolishness. You know, I would I would argue and say the same. Th- I would probably say the same thing. Like I was never. I mean, I I spontaneously watched it like back then, like back then. So I so I was kind of I watched it not a whole lot, but I did. But I did watch it uh, with, with my dad and my brother and everything. So I mean, I I mean, I was obviously familiar with One Hundred Six and Park. That's all I would watch, really. And then you know, I remember on Sat on like Sunday Sunday mornings, they'd have this thing called Rap City where they would throw like uh, different music video different music videos in, and they'd have like a theme and everything to them. Like, okay, this week's theme is this. And now we're gonna focus on uh, the inner, like say like Baltimore area. Now we're gonna focus, and then one week they'd focus on like rap music that was more positive. Now, right, whereas now it's kind of just like you mentioned it. it's being Mary Jane real husbands of Hollywood then what right and then you're like oh cool the BET awards are this or this night let's just tune in and then after that just like yeah and and the scary thing which is why for me it gets a lot deeper is because when, when we're not in control of our narrative one you get melanated actors stuck in supporting roles where they're like the jokester best friend of like the white main character and then we get shows like Friends which I loved but the only time you saw a black friend was when Aisha Tyler joined the cast and that was like at the end of Friends at the the tail end when it right. was going off and it's like so there's no black people or no black friends in New York City right okay that's odd and so when you take away our narrative from us then we can't show different like the the fact that it was a BT and the TRL, 
that was nice. So TRL, you know, they had some black people that just say if, it, if Chris Brown was out, Chris Brown would go to TRL. But if a young dro or somebody come out, nobody has it. He's, he, he hasn't crossed over to say. I was going to say TRL was like if there was like a black artist, like names I pop up. Mariah like, Carey. Like Mariah Carey, Kanye West, yeah. uh, Ludacris. Like they, would, they, they have that crossover appeal, whereas if it was still around now, like the artist that you would probably have crossover here is obviously, is obviously Drake. I think TRL was in like its later stages when Drake first mm-hmm. came up big, but I mean like the art like artists I could think of now like maybe that have crossover appeal that could make TRL or uh, obviously Drake still uh, Tyga maybe yeah. uh, Kid Ink has has crossover appeal. They would probably they'd probably throw G E they'd probably throw G Easy on there. Somebody's calling us. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, like G Easy would probably get thrown right. in there. And then like another one, he's like kind of like a lower level guy, like lower level. But he's one of my favorite rappers. But he has that crossover appeal because of his style is Kyle. But like guys like you said, like Young Dro or even like the Game now. Like right. back then, he had crossover appeal. Now all of a sudden, that he's a little bit right. kind of like. He's getting back to like his roots, like pri- like prior to th- th- the G Unit days. He doesn't necessarily have that crossover appeal. Right. Like the main one that has crossover appeal is Kendrick Lamar. Everybody knows right. Kendrick. Right. Yeah. J Cole. Everybody knows J Cole. Right. Yeah. Too short. Who are you? <laughs> e Forty. I think. Even though I, don't know, but those names are actually even known. But you know, right, so it, no. But in the case of E Forty and Too Short, now be like, oh, I know Too Short and E Forty. They were in a song with G Easy. No, they were hip hop <laughs> legends before G Easy. E Forty's been doing this. Yeah, he just happens to be from the Bay. Yeah, and helped G and yeah. he and G Easy are best friends. G Easy didn't bring up E Forty. <laughs> like I don't know if you ever noticed that, but some people are just like, oh yeah, he helped bring up this artist. Yeah. Oh, oh E Forty. <laughs> Oh my gosh! <laughs> Slap yourself! <laughs> like, come on now. But I wanted to bring up uh, minority ownership in the media. I, th- I think it's important because it's not only important that our television station that you know that that we own are far few in between. Our magazines have basically gone extinct. You know, back in the day, you had Jed, you had um, Ebony, you had different things. Yeah, Vibe magazine too. Vibe, that all of that stuff. Um, it might. I think. I think Vibe is still around. Okay. Um, in our radio, you know, far a few between. But I also believe that the business side, I think that's the most important thing that doesn't always get talked about. I look at Oprah. She started own, right? That was yep. a big deal. Oprah's a billionaire. But guess what? Oprah doesn't own own by herself. She's in partnership with Discovery Communications. So, and then when she started own, everybody was talking about it was failing. She was losing money. The profits weren't there. And, of course, she had to revise and hook up with Tyler Perry and just get this program and to get her, her – um, her um, ratings up, right? And crossover appeal, yeah. Mean, and so it's important that you look at things like that because Oprah's a billionaire; she couldn't do it by herself. And so, what does that mean? What What is it that that makes it so tough? Well, your money has to be extremely long because when you go into any business, you're going to lose money. That's why people get investors because right. you know you're going to lose money until you start making until you can make up that difference. And so, I believe. When it comes to minority ownership, there needs to be classes. There needs to be um, there needs to be a pool of people that you can count on that will want to pull together your money. And I say this because you, you're crying Oscar so white, but you haven't start you haven't supported the the Image Awards. You haven't supported the uh, the Almas Awards. Like if you're going to cry about something and make a big hashtag about it. You have to look at the deeper problem. Well, what aren't we doing that we can celebrate our own self? I think for this, for that's definitely for this. Like it starts, 
and like the grass and like the grassroots level like it's it's like i'm gonna use a sports analogy because it's kind of like in a way the same thing like everyone's con everyone's kind of like oh there aren't enough black baseball players there aren't enough black quarterbacks the only people who have darker skin color in the sport of soccer they're from a latin country or they're from africa and everything but it's just like you start at the grassroots level like you give you give more opportunities for baseball in the inner city you see major league baseball with the rbi program and everything like that uh the nfl the uh, all their flag football leagues crossing over right. and everything like that and then for like in the business side of things like you really you have to this goes back to like you know like after school programs and everything like the whole like the whole shit the whole cliche let's get the kids off the streets thing like yeah it's cliche and everyone's like wants to turn a blind eye to it but it's like if you go past the cliche cliche phrase and be like no 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 this is what i mean this isn't just a cut down on violence this is to do this get them to go to school get right, them right. to have a good career and everything right. cuz it seems like nowadays the big the most of the main like it's it's always amazing when you hear like a black business owner or anything go from like go go to your like your your typical american dream like rags to riches mm-hmm. uh underdog story but you don't hear that rarely if ever all you really hear is that uh oprah she had ran up one right. of the best tv shows ever right has her own network right. p diddy has do, revolt yeah, ha, has revolt tyler tyler perry made a living made a yeah. living off of all his movies yeah. had that crossover appeal now anytime you see anything on it's like tyler perry prince is like all right here we go tyler right. perry like you like it's almost as if you need like some form of like credibility behind you like you had to done something prior and had crazy success on it right. to then it be to then have that money to then like oh, okay i have the money i'll cross over to do this right. like you don't have that build up to where they go from literally bottom to just straight up ex- executives like you have to it almost seems like the main ones is kind of just like and even i had the same thing on espn and everything too like you don't see like you're starting to see a little bit more like uh black commentators and everything like that but what are the main ones that you see former coaches or former athletes yeah. you never really see like straight up analysts yeah. everymore like they like thank goodness for like the michael smiths and the jamel hills of the world who are two of my favorites you mine too and like mike hill over on fox sports one and everything like that but for the most of them they're former athletes you know like it, it becomes a matter of like when do you start actually promoting some of these things to kids younger and be like and, and and also like not only promoting but encouraging like you can't just put throw money into it then make it lackluster you actually have to invest in it you actually have to encourage it like hey like if you just keep working hard like it's a process it's hard now right. but you keep working hard not only will you make it out of this situation think of a situation where you'll be at 20 30 years down the right. road you might not think it but it'll be there so we have to start encouraging like right. like from a young level like best case scenario is ish 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 is a chicago right. or a baltimore or an or like new york a compton places right. like those Yeah. In Atlanta, you know? Right. We're running out of time, but my last point I wanted to make, too, was Byron Allen, who probably, you've probably heard of Byron Allen, but he also hosted um, show entertainers and things like that, and he filed, like, a racial discrimination lawsuit against Comcast, claiming that they conspired conspired um, with respect to civil rights organizations to systematically discriminate against 100% African-American-owned media companies. And so when it comes to things like that, it's not always that there's a lot of people cry that there's not enough black owned businesses or there's not enough black owned actors but a lot of times there have been systematic things that have taken place that have blocked people from um 
showing the other side of, of right. the business. And so um, look up that case um, when you get a chance, Byron Allen and his lawsuit against Comcast and like Ta- uh, Time Warner. It's uh, really interesting. But before we go, Connor, tell the people where they can find you on social media. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um that would be that's 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 a great question. Actually, <laughs> you would think like I need I need to know my Twitter handle, <laughs> uh, but I I don't off the top of my head. Give me a second. Okay, I got it. Okay, all right. So if you guys want to uh, fo- uh, follow me on Twitter, it is at concon c o n c o n underscore the number ten. Um, Facebook, obviously, just look at my name, and obviously, I have to give, give a quick plug to our sports committee. Like, uh, f- give us a. Give us a like on Facebook. The page is on uh, Hawk Talk. Best way to find best way to find it. You just go through our radio stations Facebook page here, uh, ninety uh, one seven The Edge, WSUW, and obviously uh, tune in uh, every Monday through Thursday. Hawk Talk five uh, five to six. Uh, I'll be hosting today. I host most days actually, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much pretty much it. I don't have any like official like. Page. I just no, have no, like, yeah, I just yeah. Have that's like, why I want you know, right. people can find where where to find Hog Talk. Um, tell them about the Hog Talk blog, man. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so what is the? Uh, I can they Google Hog Talk blog? I believe so. Okay. Like it's it's on Google. It's on like that Google like blogger thing. Yeah. So if you literally just look up a uh, Hog Talk a uh, Hog Talk blog, uh, it's like the the link for it is uwwhawktalk nine one seven like the numbers nine one seven dot blogspot dot com. Uh, the the most recent post was literally February of last year, but we're gonna put like a new movement behind it. And also, you can look if you look up uh, the the radio station ninety one seven the edge wsuw on iTunes, it'll have all the podcasts of Hawk Talk and everything. And since it's just like a radio station wide podcast, you can technically put. You can technically put Stay Woke on there, too. Oh, nice. Like, it's literally just not constricted to Hawk Talk. It's yeah. just that. That's what they were telling me. Yeah, it's just that we use it more. Nice. But I don't know if everybody else knows it's there. Yeah. So, But we know it's there, so we use Who it. Who do I talk to for that? I have I have the info. Okay. I literally have the log to sign in for nice. our SoundCloud okay. and everything. So just if you w- I can, like, send you the password and everything, nice. and then bam, you're good to go. Nice. And check us out tonight. We have a men's basketball game. Um, I believe it's tonight at 7. It's tonight at 7. And I will be doing the color commentary along with Cody. What's Cody's last name? Kipe. Kipe. So Cody Kipe will probably be doing the play-by-play. Mind you, that's on TV. Yeah, that That is is on on TV. TV. That is. For radio, we got two new people. We have uh, Mandy and... Oh, he's gonna hate me. Mandy and and, uh, and Dayton, they're two of our newer people from our radio. From nice. Our, so our they're going to be learning. Yep, so that's always learning. They got that's a debut, fun. So please give them, like, please give them a listen on the radio. You know, show them some support and everything. Uh, and yeah, it's gonna be it's like it's gonna be a good night for some more basketball. So once again, thanks to Connor for stopping by. This was fun. We had a good conversation. Thanks for having me. Um, I've been trying to get on for a while. Yeah, yeah, we <laughs> have been trying to make this happen for a long time, and so I'm happy that you were able to stop by. And um, thank you to all my friends that listened in, and anybody, any family that's going to be listening to the podcast once I post it later. Thanks to Connor for actually having the. He actually has the little drive that I need to save it. So (laughs) thanks for having my back there. As always, make yesterday jealous by working harder today and give love even the darkest times. It's still Hip Hop Wednesday, so stay tuned.